Welcome to another episode of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. This episode will cover section 7 of the Doctrine and Covenants. We're going to be fairly uh, quick on this section. There's, uh, as, as compared to other sections, there's not quite as much to discuss. Um, so, so some context, though, to section 7. Uh, Joseph and Oliver are translating... Uh, you'll you'll see that the revelation is given in April 1829. They wanted to know whether John the Beloved um, lived in the flesh or if he had died. And uh, we know now because of this revelation that he is like the three Nephites. He, he tarried on the earth and his body was changed so that he would be able to stay on the earth doing the work of the Lord until uh, the, the second coming of the Lord. So... Joseph and Oliver didn't know that, though. It's not made clear through the through the New Testament. Um, the, the things that we have in the New Testament. So they went and they asked, and they are given this revelation. Now, what they see in it is they actually translate uh, a piece of parchment that tells them what happened to John. And now whether that parchment was actually given to them, which it could have been. John could have showed up, for all we know, and given it to him. Moroni could have showed up. Or it might have just been that they were both shown the same as a vision. And in that vision, there was a parchment and they translated it. But either way, there was a piece of parchment that needed translating. And the gift of translation was used by both of them in somewhat fulfillment of the Lord's promise. But it's it's translated and it tells them that uh, it's it's what we have as section 7, basically, is this translation. And it's, you know, the Lord says... That John the Beloved asked, or the Lord said, what do you want from me? And John told him that he wanted to stay, just like the three Nephites did. And uh, the Lord granted them that wish, that he would live until the Lord comes. And then, but additionally, in verses 4 through 8, we learn that Peter, James, and John hold the keys of the gospel. It says, for this cause, the Lord said unto Peter, "If if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? For he desired of me that might that he might bring souls unto me. I say unto thee, Peter, this was a good desire, but my beloved has desired that uh, he might do more. Uh, that he might do more. And he goes on and says, John wants to keep working. And in verse seven, and I will make thee to minister for him and for thy brother James. And unto you three, I will give this power and the keys of the ministry until I come. Verily I say unto you, you shall both have according to your desires, for you both for you both joy in that which you have desired. So, a couple things here to pull in. First of all, Peter and John asked for different things. Peter was, like, concerned about that. And the Lord said to them at this time, this is back, you know, with, before Christ ascended back into heaven. And he said, what do you want? And this is, this is kind of what transpired. And Peter's concerned that he wanted something different than John. But the Lord said, look, he wanted something righteous. You wanted something righteous. You don't have to be the same. And that's, that's a great lesson, I think, that we can learn from this. Um, you know, I think this applies, and so I'll pull something from my mission. Uh, when I was I had different assignments in, in different leadership you know, assignments as a missionary, the opportunity would arise regularly to counsel with other missionaries. And... Uh, one of the most common uh, concerns that needed to be addressed was um, 
especially at the beginning of missions, uh, missionaries go to the MTC, and it's not everyone. So I'm not gonna say like all missionaries, but I'm saying this is it was it was somewhat common because I had this conversation multiple times with missionaries uh, whom I was serving, and you know they come from uh, being trained in their they're gung ho, right? They're ready to go. But what ends up happening a little bit sometimes is they they end up losing themselves. And hey, Jerry, you're supposed to lose yourself in the work. True, but I, I mean it in a different way. They end up becoming too rote in their in what they're doing. And and I don't mean they become too obedient because that's not possible. And that's good. They're they are obedient. And that's great. But they they tend to lose some of their own personality. And when we're truly following the spirit. We don't lose our personality. We, our our uniqueness is used by the Lord, and so and and especially when we are obedient and worthy of the Spirit, the the spiritual gifts, the unique spiritual gifts that He has given us, are enhanced, and they stand out. And a missionary is assigned to a specific field of labor for a reason. People are there waiting for them for their unique spiritual gifts, for their unique way of communicating to come and share the gospel with them. And so being unique and different is not bad. In fact, it is it is good. We are all members of the body of Christ. And each member of the, of the body, each part of the body, a finger and a toe and a, and, uh, a liver and a spleen and a kidney and a toenail, they all are different, but they all serve purposes that all work together. Verily I say unto you, you shall have both have according to your desire, for ye have both for both excuse me, for ye both joy in that which ye have desired. So as long as our desires are righteous, as long as we are obedient, and as long as we're putting off the natural man, and so those those things that make us unique are are not the carnal, central, devilish parts of things, right? You know, take those out. But so long as as, we're, as as that is the case, then our unique differences are important and are powerful, and we will all have joy in them. We don't have to all be little autonomous droids and look all the same. We don't all have to, you know, fit this cookie-cutter mold of what a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is. Yes, there are things that we should be. We should be faithful. We should be humble. We should be charitable. We should be hopeful. But that doesn't mean we have to look the same and act the same. So long as our desires are righteous, we will have joy in those desires, in those unique desires. Let's see what uh, Elder Holland had to say about section 7. It said, the Apostle, John, the Apostle John asked the Lord if John might remain on the earth. Sorry. Let's start over because I'm struggling to read English. The Apostle John asked the Lord if he, John, might remain on the earth beyond the normal span of life for no other purpose than to bring souls unto God. In granting that wish, the Savior said that this was a greater work and a noble desire, even that of desiring to come into the presence of the Lord speedily. Like all prophets and apostles, the prophet Joseph Smith understood the deep meaning of John's request when he said, After all that has been said... Our greatest and most important duty is to preach the gospel. And the final quote I want to just share um, about section 7 kind of uh, ties in with Peter, James, and John holding the keys. Uh, 
Elder Packer stood with President Spencer W. Kimball and other apostles at a local church uh, and other church leaders in uh, in Denmark and Copenhagen at the Church of Our Lady. It's where Thorvaldsen's uh, Christus that uh, we think of think of the Christus that we you know hands outstretched. It's the original stands there, and his his sculpture of the twelve apostles, which there are uh, the same. There's replicas of those now at the uh, Rome Italy Temple. So they're standing there looking at this, and in those in that in those uh, statues, Peter holds uh, keys. He's holding literally. He's holding keys in in the statue. President Kimball pointed them out and then charged the Copenhagen State President to quote. Tell every prelate in Denmark that they do not hold the keys. I hold the keys. As the party left the church, President Kimball shook hands with the caretaker, expressed his appreciation, and explained earnestly, These statues are of dead apostles. He then said, You are in the presence of living apostles. Peter, James, and John held the keys of the ministry. They then came back, which is an important part of this. Who did they return to? And it's coming soon in our studies. They returned and they came to Joseph and Oliver Cowdery. They laid their hands on their head and they gave them these keys. They gave them the Melchizedek priesthood and the keys, and they gave Joseph the keys of the ministry of the kingdom of heaven on earth. Food for thought. So as we look at that 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 statue of Peter holding those keys, remember that that's a statue of a dead apostle. But we have live living prophets and apostles among us who lead us and guide us. Thanks for listening to this episode. The next episode will cover section eight of the Doctrine and Covenants. Catch you then.